Hi, this is Kimberly. Please enjoy our podcast, but remember our doctors are only here to educate, not diagnose. If you have any questions or need any further information, please email me. My email address is kim at mfwellness.org. everyone. Thanks for joining the Spine Whispers podcast. Today we have a special guest. His name is Dr. Terry Certain, and he is an animal chiropractor, and we are very excited to have him with us today. We finally caught Dr. Certain in our tiger trap, and now we have him, you know, growing up, or, or once I got done with school, the names certain, uh, James, you know, those doctors were defining members of the chiropractic community in St. Charles, and they're really the reason why we have such a good rep out here. And so I wanted to say, first of all, thanks for coming on. Thanks for the work that you've done for a very long time. You're welcome. Pleasure to be here. That voice, that's Dr. Terry Certain. That is the guy. That's the guy that every <laughs> single person, you know, when we first start adjusting them, if they're really kind of, you know, paying attention or you, you've been doing it a while, you're like, hey, do other things with bones need to be adjusted? And inevitably, the people will run in and they start talking about their pets and animals. And so what we have done is we have got the authority on it. So Dr. Terry Certain opened uh, Cave Springs Chiropractic in 1974, and he adjust, started adjusting uh, people there and then got additional training in 2004 from the International Veterinary Chiropractic Association. The IVCA? IVCA. Yeah. And so from then on out, he's been taking care of uh, humans and animals alike. That's a lot of limbs. We, we it is. We won't make you tell us which ones <laughs> yeah, yeah. you prefer to take care of. Yeah, that's a lot of... Humans or animals. It's okay. got to be animals. Animals, animals. animals. Okay. right? It's got to be. <laughs> I, think, I think the humans already know who we prefer. So. Yeah, he's like, you again. <laughs> Where's your horse? Yeah, the IVCA is the board certification. Right. Options for animals was where I learned oh. the animal chiropractic. And huh? been, they've been in business like, I don't know, 35, 36 years. They teach animal chiropractic. That's badass. It is badass. Where's this at? Um, it's in Wellsville, Kansas. Oh, okay. And they got like a facility yeah. there? and they, they, got... they So oh, you can get an, either an IVCA, like... International Veterinary Chiropractic Association, or you can get an AVCA, American. I was going to go help a veterinarian that was in my class open in Spain. His parents owned a very large horse farm. Whoa. And he wanted me to go with him, and he actually was a veterinarian in Germany. He wanted me to go with him to get the chiropractic program started at his parents' place, and that just didn't come out. Mm. That's why I took the IVCA instead of the AVCA. Right. Okay. Because I wanted to be certified. To be able to go wherever you wanted. Right. right. Wow. That's really cool, man. So um, you need to be a board-certified chiropractor and or vet okay. to go to animal chiropractic school. Oh. Can't get in without that. Okay. And that's the only two things they accept right they don't accept vet techs they don't accept anything else anything else board certified chiropractor or veterinarian wow and that's it and what's really scary hit me when i when i was down for an advanced course there were 35 veterinarians and three chiropractors taking the course that's not a good fighting odds no i'm telling you it's it was it, it was really unsettling to me yeah yeah that is because they really don't know what they're doing. Yeah, it's not. It's like they're just not trained for the spine like you guys are. Well, no, Correct. it's like people yeah. that take 
acupuncture as a weekend course. Right. That ain't acupuncture, yeah. man. That's right. Acupuncture That's right. is from a... A hundred-year-old woman who's about five feet tall and has been practicing for so much time. Like yeah. that's acupuncture. And it, and and really, you you can't believe everything that everybody tells you. We have a patient who who has horses, and she brought she had the horses at a show. Mm. And this gentleman was like, "Oh yeah, this yeah, I'm a person. I can adjust. I can adjust the horse." And he used the word adjust. I was yeah. clear. Allie. And obviously, this guy wasn't a chiropractor of any kind. I don't know if he. I don't know who he was. This person was. Um, we were pissed. But like the owner, you 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 can't just let somebody just really grab your horse. Yeah, yeah you no. got to look for those certifications. You got to standardize the treatment. Yeah, there's a farmer I've seen videos. He gets up underneath a horse in almost a squatting position. First of all, you don't get underneath horses, and stands. You know, kind of pushes up with his back to adjust the belly rib. Which is absolutely insane. That is and, insane. And you can talk about non-specific. Oh my God! Yeah, especially all those tiny joints. Like you, that's the last thing you want to do is inflame that. Right. Right. Try to do an animal A to P. A to P adjusting, Doctor Fink. Nay. And you know. I, and, and, <laughs> oh my God. Another t- another thing too, Kim. It's not. It's not necessarily the spine. It's everything. It's the spine. It's the mo- line of drive. It's right. the motion palpation. The way that you discern what needs to be adjusted and how and it's the knowledge of chiropractic and understanding the art and science of chiropractic man that they don't get they don't and it's a whole deal that where you're they can't get to where we are because they don't come from where we come from right they don't have that background to draw from and it's not that we are saying we're the only profession for what we're saying is if you want to do it this way deliver this level of specificity yes Chiropractic has to be your background. That's it. I'm on your team. That's it. I see about 100 people a week, and then I see about 30 to 40 horses and about 30 dogs. Oh, that's cool. So break that down for us. How long does it take to do your assessment, on average, your assessment and then your adjustment of our of our canine patients? First of all, I, I, a lot of times I, I will watch them motion. I'll watch them walk if I can. Sometimes they can't walk when they are brought into right, us. Right, right. Um, and that... That their four-legged locomotion is totally different. They're, all their movement patterns are diagonal. Right. Ours are up and down. There's right. a diagonal. Their spinal issues are, are shearing force, where ours is a compressive force. That's right. So the way we view four-legged motion is totally different than two-legged motion. So when, when I see an animal, whether it be a horse or a dog, I'll watch them move first and try and determine from that is this spinal is it limb is it both um is it some limb issue that's coming from the spine Mm -hmm. you know that takes me three minutes right two minutes it doesn't take very long so then i bring them into the treatment room and i start doing motion palpation on them range of motion on all the joints from there then i decide what needs to be adjusted i'll check the reflexes and that type of stuff too and that's what tells me what to adjust right it's just driven by the data that's coming in from the examination. Correct. And that's all, that's, that's the thing. Like, right. Good exam, good adjustment. And uh, what I super like that you talk about there is motion, yeah. you know, just like in humans. They're not ever standing still. Don't do your exam on a seated, immobile human and think you're going to know what's going on when it comes to the, the metrics of measuring the things that make us move. Right. I think that's cool as heck, man. When I was first certified, which was in uh, 2004, 
I was at the National Equestrian Center, and there was a horse show going on. It was a hunter-jumper horse show. Oh. And, uh, you know, 1,500-pound horses jumping yeah. over these standards. And there was one horse that kept, and it was a very, very nice horse, a very good rider, kept coming up to the jumps and would put the brakes on, would stop. And she went around a couple times, and it would just it would stop. So they took the horse out of the show, put it in the practice ring, and all the veterinarians were trying to evaluate what was wrong with the horse. And so, you know, they were poking around on the hind end of the horse and, you know, checking the hind legs and all this kind of stuff. And I'm standing there going, you know, maybe thinking to myself, maybe the horse was afraid to jump because he knew it was going to hurt when he landed. Yeah. So maybe he's got a neck neck issue or a withers issue, which is like between our shoulder blades, mm-hmm. or maybe a shoulder or front leg issue. That's exactly what it was. It was mm. a lower neck issue. And so that kind of got the veterinarians, at least in this area, thinking, well, maybe the spine has more to do with the improper range of motion or aberrant range of motion right. that these horses have. That kind of helped get chiropractic into the mainstream in this area. That's cool, man. And then um, do you usually travel to see horses? They, they usually don't come in, right? Cause you're right, like, right. You go to the barns, don't you? I go yeah. to the barns. Because your place is on Cave Springs, right? Yes. Yeah, man. Yes. Lots of fun. Yeah. <laughs> Um, what additional totally stuff do you awesome. bring with you when you go to check uh, horses? Mm. Oh, okay. You got that black bag? Um, the doctor's black bag? I don't, don't have a black bag. got a bag. reflex hammer? I've got um, blocks that I stand on. Because when I do an adjustment or an evaluation on a horse, I start standing on the ground. Mm-hmm. And I check the pole, which is the atlas mm-hmm. of a horse, and motion that up and down. By the way, they have seven vertebrae in their neck like we do. Mm-hmm. They have 18 vertebrae in the middle part, oh. the thoracics. We have 12. Bonus. And they have five to six lumbars, depending on the breed of the horse. And we huh. have five. So the musculature, they have deltoids, they have pectoralis muscles, they have calf muscles, they have uh, quadricep muscles, they have hamstring. They have the same musculature basically as we do the energy applied is a little bit different, Mm -hmm. you know. And the nervous system is the brachial plexus, for instance, on a human controls the chest, the shoulders, upper back, and the arms, hands. Well, same thing on a horse. The chest, the shoulders, the arm, front legs are controlled by the neck. You know, the lower part, mid to lower part of the neck. So when we start evaluating a horse, for instance, I'm standing on the ground and I, I put my one hand underneath the jaw of a horse underneath the chin, I'm sorry, and then put one hand up where the pole is, where the atlas is, and I motion up and down, That's flexion wonderful. extension. Then I, then I go alongside of it, and I motion the head sideways into lateral flexion, both ways. Mm-hmm. If that's fine, then I move down to C2, put the heel of my hand in there, pull the, the halter of the horse around, around the muzzle, pull it toward me, and I motion it. If I find one that is stuck... I put my fist in that joint, and I bring the halter around, and I stiff arm it real quick. Holy cow! And it pops really loud. I bet it does. The it horse's really eyes get really big. I yeah. Gonna, I was going to ask that question. If and, yeah. Audible. Oh, yeah. It's it's loud. They they lick and chew, and they blink, and that's re- the release of endorphins. Oh, and sure. It's just an immediate release of stress and pressure in that area, and that's then, they awesome. drop, then they drop their head. Huh. And then the people... <laughs> They, they're just losing their minds Yeah. if they've never seen it. They're right. just losing their minds. Right, exactly. Horse it's, owners, are, they're passionate. They're extremely passionate. So are, so are the, the dog owners. Yeah. You know, especially the agility dog owners. 
Really? They're, 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 a, they're a, a wild breed in, in themselves. <laughs> <laughs> I bet you're... Go ahead. Go ahead. A bit of a side question. You were just talking about the, the audible with a horse. Mm-hmm. Uh, I had heard in the past that you don't get that with a dog. Is that Not true? very much. Okay. Huh. Not very much. Now, they have... You know that, that audible comes from the facets, mm-hmm. and they have a, a dorsal and a ventral, a top and a bottom set of facets. So they have four instead of two at each, oh. at each level. And so... A lot of times, those joints are in kind of extended to begin with because a lot of the horses don't have real good core strength or they're maybe overweight. So the amount that's pulling, and the dog's the same way, the amount that's pulling down between the legs, front to back, changes the, the way that that audible I feel immediately when I do the adjustment because when I do the motion palpation, the joint's stuck. Yeah. yeah. And, you know, I don't like to say it's out of place. I like to say it's stuck, stuck. between end points of range of motion. Right. As soon as I do the adjustment, it releases. And that's based and That's just a line of drive deal, Line right? of drive, line of correction, absolutely. Yeah, that's what's so cool and underappreciated about the profession is the absolute specificity. Absolutely. You know, when we talk about restoration of range of motion people think oh you're just moving something to get it to move man that's the difference between true adjustments you know like bang that is fixed and then just let's mobilize something yeah right right that's awesome man we as chiropractors we spend eight hours a day doing motion palpation we spend eight hours a day doing specific line of drive or line of correction adjustments the course is six months long but it's five weeks a month for six months and five times six weeks you cannot learn chiropractic no you can't learn it it's just lacking yeah it's lacking i talk about it all the time yeah you know and i'm sure you yelled about it as much as we have oh i have if man if you're not trained to deliver specific adjusting to resolve stuck or loss of range of motion then you're just moving stuff yeah just moving stuff that's that's not going to help anybody right okay dr mario you had another one didn't you uh, just in my head, going along those lines, are there any instruments you use as well, or is it yeah. all hand manual? Yeah, that's what I want to know. I use my hands. hands. That is um, awesome. I have. Uh, I used to teach martial arts, so I have very quick hands. This guy. I don't use a lot of force, but I'm very, very quick. It's that impulse and, speed. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And and so and that's how I adjust the dogs and, and the horses, the same way as I do people. And... Um, you really don't have to use as much force as what everybody would imagine. You, you know, adjusting a twelve or fifteen hundred pound horse. Mm. Uh, it's again, it's specific mm-hmm. line of drive because it wants to go. Yeah, you yeah. It's got to get over that that you know that physiological adhesion. Right, right. That's awesome, man. Yeah. And then, uh, what's the most atypical animal you've adjusted over the years? Well, I was asked to adjust an alligator. Okay. So that's the, that's the I, most unusual I was unusual hoping to hear like one. orangutan, but yeah, that, that was the most unusual. And fortunately, because I was a little nervous, I wanted sure. to make sure everything was duct taped, including the, <laughs> Absolutely. the claws. But we tried to get together twice, and we, it just didn't happen. Mm. So I was on the board of directors of a, um, uh, an animal sanctuary. Oh. And I met uh, Dr. Pernikoff, who was a, uh, an exotic animal veterinarian. So I suggested to the lady. An exotic yes, animal exi- veterinarian. Yes, so it's yes. not good enough for him. Like, right, right. you got to have the right, right. <laughs> really, really unusual, cool guy. But anyway, I, I, said, I said, you know, maybe, maybe Dr. Pernikoff would be better looking mm-hmm. at this alligator. And it was actually a throat infection. Wow. So I didn't have to go do that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, but I've adjusted goats. 
Okay. I had a goat that was brought in, four-legged paralyzed. Oh, man. Uh, this goat had gotten her horns caught in a, like a cyclone fence. Yeah. And in the process of trying to get it yep. loose, she either dislocated a joint in her Absolutely. neck or bruised the cord. We couldn't x-ray. The goat was about 110 pounds. We couldn't do oh. it at our clinic. So I sent her over to a large animal veterinarian. Uh, I called her after she had gotten the x-rays. I called her just to make sure that there wasn't some cervical vertebra dislocated. I said, so what did you see? What happened? Yeah. And she said to me, uh, you need to make goat tacos. That was her answer to me. And the owners of this goat were standing right here. I said, is there anything dislocated in the spine? No, it's fine. So I adjusted the goat. We put a one and a half cervical collars on the goat. Sure. Duct taped <laughs> tape them together. Awesome. I told him, I said, take your goat home, suspend your goat from the rafters. So it's, you know, the legs are hanging uh -huh, down. Uh -huh. So they, they rigged up something for that. In a couple of weeks, the goat was fine. Wild, man. That's Completely crazy. paralyzed when it came in. That is awesome. So there's really been some really cool things. We, we have a dog right now named Charlie that came in laterally recumbent, mm -hmm. paralyzed on all fours. He's now walking. Um, it's been two months, I guess, and he's still getting active treatment. I've got him down to once a week on the adjustments. That's awesome. Cool yeah, they, so well. what is it? Some, you have some that are twice a day adjustments when it's, when it's... Well, yeah, there's been some that I've adjusted twice a day. Um, most I didn't of the know time, like how how often the you frequency know, you would get resets to that. Yeah, you know, like yeah, it, it you know sometimes I'll adjust them three times in a week. You know, I have the other practices that I so it, it kind of limits me sometimes. Yeah. I don't get to see them as often as I'd like, but most of the time I'll make it arrangements. Maybe go at lunchtime, my lunch hour, and at um, Pet Doctor uh, in Winghaven where I work, we have a complete rehab facility, underwater treadmill shockwave, ultrasounds, oh, diagnostic and treatment ultrasounds. We have cold laser. We have acupuncture, that chiropractic. Awesome. It's everything. So you see your, the humans at one location. Yeah. Cape you Springs. see Cape. small animals at the pet, pet, doctor. pet doctor, and then you see the horses at various barns. Bar, various various bar. So what does your, Holy cow, what does man. your day look like when you're I'm at, exhausted. The, at the pet, pet doctor? Pet doctor. Yeah. Um, so I go there on Wednesday evenings. That was before COVID. Now I can get there earlier because I don't have a lot of, I'm not seeing a lot of patients in the evening. Right. I'm seeing most of the patients early morning, right. early afternoon, right. and I'm out of there. So I go over to Pet Doctor around, tonight I'll be there at 5, 5.15, and I'm going to have probably about 15 dogs between 5.15 and 7.30. Get those adjusted. On Friday, I leave my office at... Um, 12.30, quarter to 1, I start at Pet Doctor at 1.30, and I see dogs until like 4 o'clock. And awesome. I'll see another 15 or 16, 17, whatever. Does it get busier during the holidays like it does for us? Um, I mean, I know we share the humans, but like for your animals, do you find that people are bringing in more animals for the holidays? It, it does. It That's does. interesting to me. People that are animal crazy, which I, and I and I say that in the best yeah, light, right? You know, I, I'm I'm animal crazy right. too. Um, they they seem to, you know, they want to get their their pets dressed up and get their hair done, you know, get right. the haircuts right. and the right. toenails done, good. and they want to get them adjusted. Got to get that spine tight, <laughs> otherwise a Christmas card picture might not look yeah. good. Yeah. That's fantastic. Yeah, yeah. How often would you say do you take X-rays of the animals? Would you um, say? I would say maybe 30% of the time. Mm -hmm. Most of what I do is, is motion palpation. Yeah. I 
take the range of range of motion of the joints really to the end point and and to to determine whether it's painful mm-hmm. how it's painful which line which way i'm pushing the joints causes pain a lot of times when the when the animals the dogs come to me they're referred by other veterinarians and they're already x-rayed Mm-hmm. So those are usually emailed to the office. I was going to ask about that. Out. I was going to say, I bet you do a ton of case analysis for when people can't figure out what the hell is going on. Yep. But the yep. parents, the parents, the owners, owners. are like the psychotic. <laughs> like, parents. okay, who's yes. the next guy up the line? Who's the next guy up the line? And eventually they're like, shit, we better get there. Certain. Right. <laughs> you know right, what I mean? Well, right. When I first started and how I got started uh, was in um, actually 2003, one of my dogs, uh, her name is Indy, or was Indy, she was about nine months old, and she was running, it was in November, she was running up to me on, on the front porch, and she misstep, and she rammed her, rammed her head mm-hmm. into a concrete step. And, of course, I picked her up, and it didn't seem to bother her, mm-hmm. but I picked her up and checked everything out, and I didn't really know what I was doing because right. the, the animal spine is different than ours. And so, anyway, she seemed to be fine. Well, two or three weeks later, she was tripping on her, her front left leg. She'd, she'd be running along or walking along, and mm-hmm. she'd knuckle under, and she'd fall over. So I took her to three different vets, and I told them I thought she had brachial compression syndrome, right? which people get. And they looked at me like I had three horns sticking out of my head. And so I ended up at MU Vet School. You know, mm. the, the neurologist uh, up there and the orthopedic docs up there looked at her, and I told them the same thing, and I got the same reaction. Hmm. So three months later, or two months later, we're still dealing with this issue with, with my dog, and I found out about a, a veterinarian in Union that did animal chiropractic. So I took Indy down there. I didn't tell her anything about my word, dog right? except like, my see. dog does this. falls over. And so she examined the dog and said, oh, your dog has brachial compression syndrome. And I chuckled. And she said, you find that amusing? And I said, well, I haven't told you the whole story. Yeah. I said, you're the... I know. Yeah. (laughs) You're you're the fifth vet that I've been to. And everybody thought I was crazy. And you're telling me exactly what I told them. And she said, well, you know, let me show you how to do the adjustment. Perfect. And she showed me how to do the adjustment, and the first thing I said is, where did you learn that? That's right. And then the, <laughs> the angels, you can, like yes. the choir singing. Yep. <laughs> That's cool. And so the next class at Options for Animals where I learned this was starting up, and I decided to sign up mm-hmm. with some push from my wife because at that point I had been in practice 30-something years. And, right. you know, m- much like maybe you guys too, if I was reading anything but things that were pertinent to what I did for a living – I'd fall asleep. That's right. You know, and I That's thought right, like, thousand page syllabus of what we're going to be studying, yeah. neuroanatomy, physiology, and, you know, animal anatomy. Like, uh, I don't think I'll be able yeah, to stay if awake. I'm, if I'm not teaching the course, I got a real problem. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> but my wife was very confident. She, she said, you That's can wonderful. do it. And so I went back to school and uh, in September of 2004, I graduated. And That's awesome. So how long is the course? It's six months. Six months, man. Yeah. yeah, just like, you know, chiropractic school, people don't understand. They, you know, they think of traditional school. You go to school, school year, summer's off. No. You start a chiropractic school, you're either going to be a doctor or fail. Yeah, and exactly. you're only going to do those two things. That's right. And you're going to do them hard until one of them happens. That's right. You know, it is a crucible yeah. that, you know, and I, I, I figured that you would have, you know, like us, been unable to 
taken, elongated, like, no, just give it to me now. I want to handle this right now. Especially given your background at that point, you must have just been a nightmare for their instructors. You know, like, why are we doing, well, hang on, why are we doing this? Yeah, yeah, I I was. I bet, I bet you were. I just, I love it, man. That's how you know good physicians, when they have tons and tons of questions, even when they're on their initially seeing the material. Yeah. That's really cool. They had, they had uh, Dr. Eschbach, who was from Logan. Uh-huh. He, was oh. a neuro- he was a neurologist that taught our neurology. Oh, cool. Fascinating. Because when I was in school, there was no such thing as a neural pathway. Right. And so I adjusted people knowing that, okay, clinically they get better, but I didn't know exactly how it happened. Right. That is... But because we didn't know. Yeah. And, when I, and, and I actually, when they talked about neural pathways in, in, car, in, in animal chiropractic school... I actually had tears in my eyes yeah. because for the first time in my practice career, I knew exactly yeah. from a neurological standpoint how it worked. Yeah, and that is like, it, we talk about, <laughs> again, that all the time. The difference between the administration of chiropractic care hasn't changed that much. Our ability to talk about what we're doing and why it works, oh man, it's just yeah. incredibly well-researched at this yeah. point. Yeah, that's, that's really, really cool stuff. Um, what is the most common mechanism of injury, like for the animals that you see? So on a dog, a lot of the hind, the hind leg function comes from around T8, 9, 10 okay. in the thoracic spine. You know, with us, it's mainly lower yeah. back. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But for them, they have a lot, a lot of stuff that goes on in that area from That's a neurological standpoint uh-huh. that controls the hind end. So I see a lot of issues there. Okay, in the middle back, uh, they like I said before, they have 13 uh, thoracics, so 8, 9, 10, sometimes 11. Those vertebra house the nerves that really give a lot of control to the hind end. And then the other thing that I see is neck problems because dogs jump down off beds, they jump off couches, they jump off of tables. Doc, <laughs> dachshunds, for instance, have no suspension system. They got their their legs are two inches long. Most of them are overweight, and their belly hangs down on the floor, and they jump down off of a couch, and it's just like it's just when, when you think about how the spine reacts. Oh yeah, the oh, shearing yeah. force that goes on with those animals, it just is frightening. It's yeah, you know, and and so we we see a lot of I see a lot of paralyzed doxies paralyzed in the hind end and again probably 90 percent of them are overweight and that doesn't help because it's yeah you know, sheer that was dog. one of my questions as well like what chiropractic advice can you give to patients with dogs yep and especially like, doxies doxies should come with an owner's manual yeah and uh, really an, an owner's disc right <laughs> we got you <ya. laughs> you know with the you. whole video thing right because first of all they shouldn't be overweight they should be exercised you know every day they shouldn't sit up on a couch because doxies are like a lot of small dogs. Somebody comes to the front door, they it's shoot gone. off the couch That's like right. Dumbo. Right. You know, they're flying through the air, and then when they land, <laughs> they're just racking everything up. Right. And so what I always tell them, I said, put a harness on the dog, put a leash on the harness, and sit on the leash. And if they jump off, they're going to hang themselves, not by their neck, right. but by the, <laughs> by the upper chest. But, but, yeah, by the upper chest from, from the harness. And after a couple of weeks, they get the idea they're not supposed to do that. Yeah. Do, you, do you think, is that a good change that the leash has made way for the harness? You know, is that the better way? Yeah, the harness is definitely a better way. And that's one of the things I talked, you and I were talking about. A lot of times owners damage their dogs because right. they're not exactly sure what they're doing. And a, and a, and a collar on a puppy and a, and a leash on a puppy 
and a puppy pulling and yanking and right, shirt. man, right. I'm just That's thinking of like horrible. nursemaid's elbow when we see it exactly. here. You know, the, the corollary to exactly. that. Exactly. So you know, when I'm out Creevecore Park riding my bike or whatever, I will say something to people. You know, because they've got this dog that's a, a big puppy, maybe a lab, you know, an eight or nine month, 40 pound lab that's pulling and pulling on their neck. Right. And that's really not good. I right. would almost rather see somebody use a choke collar. Right. Or a, a prong collar and give them one of these little things to get them to realize, oh, so I'm not supposed bend to those pull. back legs. Yeah. I've yeah. seen them stand, like uh, all, sta- standing yes. up. They're standing them up. Yep. Like that exactly. Can't be. It's not good for them. All right. And, you know, quite the same thing with, with like English Bulldogs, you know, okay. they've, they, they've got, they've, they've got that front end that yeah. moves like this yeah. and they have really weird, aberrant, improper range of motion to right. begin with. Right. And yeah. then they, then I mean, they, they do, you then just they look get like, really heavy, yeah. you know, and, and it's just, so, you know, one time a, a young lady that, that had just gotten her first horse, she said, what's wrong with horses? And I said, I'll tell you what's wrong with horses. People are what's People. wrong with horses. Yeah, man. Because horses, when you put a horse out in the field, They're the horse does just fine. fine. But when you have them start doing some of these different things that you want them to do, it's counterintuitive and counterproductive, and they really don't like doing it. Right. You know, and, I mean, there are really, really good trainers that, that take their time and train these animals, both, you know, dogs and horses. But a lot of times they try and do it too quickly, and they're missing steps, mm. you know, and, and, and the horse gets injured or the dog gets injured. How long does it take the dogs, when, like when you first meet them, first do your assessment, can they just tell that you're cool? Like, I bet you don't get much trouble with them. I was, about, I was thinking about that same like, how do they? When you were talking about, you know, maybe a horse wouldn't like you doing certain, certain things. Yeah. I was thinking about dogs. Do they ever, do you have to try to manage not getting... Bit, yeah. You know, I'm very, very, very much aware of the dog. I'm in, and what I when I do get bit now, I don't ever pull my hand away. If you they do this and you yank your hand, then you get now you got then you get a, you get a wound. Right, you right, gotta, right. You know, <laughs> now you got the blood. Rather than just a little little yeah. poke. Um, so fear biting. Okay, that's what they do. And horses are the same way. They don't they don't purposely want to hurt you, so they don't bite you to hurt you mm. they do it because they're scared i mean fight or flight with horses yeah. is crazy if they see a sh- little shiny object a marble on the the floor of a barn they won't even go by it because it's something that they've never seen before and huh. it doesn't belong there it's crazy that is crazy for horses i mean i understand it though yeah 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 for horses first of all i grew up on horses Grew up around horses, oh, okay. and so I'm not afraid of them. Right, you got the touch. I, I well, I do have the touch, and people say to me all the time, Doc, you got to be careful. This horse will cow, cow kick you straight out in the back. Yeah, or rear up in the yeah, front. Yeah, I've got a, uh, a cattle ranch up in Troy. Oh, you, 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 so you've probably been it. cow kicked before, haven't you? I got to stand with cows, but they. Um, your experience with horses is not <laughs> like my experience. Like, the horses don't fear bite. They just want to bite you. Like, I think, it, like, watch out, that cow will bite. I'm like, cows bite? They bite. Oh, yeah, and they will kick you. Man. And they, they, they call it cow kicking because mm-hmm. it, a cow kicks out from the side. Yes, well, kick sir. Them, kicking them back, too. But that's the way horses will kick a lot of times. So you have to be careful back there. But when I go to a horse, I have absolutely no fear whatsoever. Right. I'm, I'm there to help the horse. And I think the horse can tell that. Mm-hmm. Um, because they always go, I, I'm just amazed the horse didn't even try and do anything to you. Yeah. Uh, and I said, well, I didn't expect it, expect that it would. 
So that's awesome. And I mean, I have been kicked and I have been bitten. I got bit by a, a mule one time and I it's kind of like blazing saddles yeah I just instinctively just Whack. hit him right in the forehead <laughs> Mungo, Mungo. Yeah, like Mungo yeah and I mean I didn't I felt bad because I hit him really hard yeah. and 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 the owner said oh doc hit him again I'm like I hit him again yeah, I like, that would just be a meat but you know I treated that that mule for another three years that mule never ever tried to bite me again wow man so they're they're pretty smart you know of the animals that you treat you know, I don't want to anthropomorphize, uh-huh. right? But which ones do you feel like are the closest to understanding what's going on? Like, oh, this, this is the doctor guy. Or do you feel, feel like they're just like, oh, this guy makes me feel good? You know? Um, I think the horses, they were like, oh, this guy makes me feel good. And I give, awesome, them, I give them treats at the end, too. So that helps. Right, I got the food. This guy's got the treats. Yeah, we but, do that here with a, <laughs> some of our patients. <laughs> the dogs, though, I think get it. I think the dogs understand, and I'll, I'll explain. Mm-hmm. When, I, when, when I went to animal chiropractic school, we had seven dogs at home. <laughs> we, we were foster failures more than once. Right. So <laughs> like, we, no, we, we, had, we had seven dogs at home. And when I would come home from Option for Animals, I would want to practice what I was Absolutely. learning. Absolutely. And the dogs would head for the hills. They'd be hiding under beds, <laughs> going to the closets, <laughs> going downstairs. They didn't want anything to that do with awesome. it. That is awesome. But I, I'm not kidding. By the time I had finished school i'd get one of them and they'd all line up to get adjusted that is cool man so i know that you know they're smart they get it right you know right 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 and uh indy the the dog that actually got me into animal chiropractic i felt like she was really if you can have a soulmate i think she was a soulmate because i that was not even on my radar right at all i got stuff to do and it's been the coolest thing it's really resurrected my my vim and vigor in chiropractic Mm -hmm. i mean totally Mm -hmm. it even bettered my my people practice i I was gonna say you know we we talk about the 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 more difficult adjustments to do your smaller statured lean females you got to know what you're doing you know you get you get a tall big man you can just throw yourself at them right right. wrestle them down and they're fixed you know what i mean but that's got to be nothing compared to a yorkie right or a, a teacup something well, I know about designer dogs, Kim. Okay. I believe you. <laughs> listen, we're all surprised. <laughs> so, so listen to this. On Thursdays, I would work on all three, the horses and the dogs and the humans. Right. I'd work on all three of them. That you know? is. And there, there were times where I would, my last horse appointment was a 1,500-pound, you know, draft horse or a cross. Right. And my first patient was a 95-year-old <laughs> 80 pound <laughs> right, female. Right. You know, obviously, I can't go. Right. At, what a her, scale. Oh, oh my gosh. Yeah. yeah we're like, okay, wait, wait, wait. Okay. <laughs> you know, right, like that, we usually hear when we take patients, we don't, you know, you, you try not to just oscillate that, that amplitude too much so you can kind of stay with it. But I can't, that's got nothing to do on the scale you're doing it on <laughs> regularly, man. That is just the coolest stuff. How often does it, does it happen when they bring their animal to you because they've heard from all over the place how great you are? They're like, hey, you, uh, you uh, want to check out my neck? I have to tell them all the time, hey, you need to come to my hey, office. Yes. This, is, this is your pet's time. That's oh, right. Oh, really? People come in? Oh, you know oh, it. They ask, you know it. I specialize in sports injuries. So there are, there are a lot yeah. of the young people you know, that bring their dogs in. Yeah. They ask me about it's their It's dudes, too, isn't it? Oh, it's dudes yeah. like, hey, all, I yeah. know. It's all about them. Hey, I'm here, right? It's the best, man. <laughs> the, the, uh, in our practice, I always talk about like the, the men. <laughs> 
they're the worst, but then they're the best. Like they don't want to come in. They don't want to make time. And once they get one adjustment, they're like, oh my God. You know, and when it comes to pain, <laughs> eh, maybe they'll complain for a while. Yeah. But it, when it comes to hitting that golf ball one inch further, oh, you can't get them out of the practice. Absolutely. You know, we'll have people showing up on Monday and they'll be in labor and they'll be like, why didn't you, why didn't you call? We would have seen you over the weekend, would have done something like, I didn't want to bother you. But then we'll get a call on Saturday night from some dude like, oh, I think I tweaked my, my back a little. I got a show me games tournament tomorrow morning. I'm like, right, right. I'm going to kill you. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I you get that so bad, man. I used to treat a lot of the Cardinal football players when they were here because wow. they, they, they used to practice at Lindenwood. Mm -hmm. And um, I always thought it was amazing that these big 300 pound, mm. six foot five muscle balls would cry about their adjustments and their wives had come in and they were little bitty absolutely and i could adjust them and they wouldn't they wouldn't even flinch no yeah it's a it, it, it has a, uh, a tremendous difference in we our practice is about three to one female to male right it's mostly women uh, we have yeah. a lot and usually usually they're the ones that do call in to get their husband that's right yes. they force yeah. them they bring them in so that's our right. pain scale their husband or their uh, boyfriend in uh, our pain scale changes right like oh it's oh, the yeah. worst pain i've ever been in. and i look and it's an 18 year old man i'm like okay <laughs> okay okay right, right. i got gotcha. you yeah know? i always I always kid with the with the husband and wives i said if it were left up to us guys to have babies there would oh, be no children be no on the planet that's right that we've been done a long time exactly ago. you gals are a lot tougher when, uh, when it comes to getting in to see you, you got to just be just wrecked these days. How do people make appointments? Is it through your Cave Springs practice or? or? Yeah, they call, they, they call the veterinary office. Okay. What's the furthest you've had to go for a horse? You up around Bowling Green? I bet they've got a ton up there for you, right? Yeah, I, I go up there. I go to a, uh, a trainer who has horses up there. I go up to see him occasionally. Probably Eolia as far as oh, I, okay. I, I'll go for a couple barns up to Eolia. Yeah, yeah. Um, I go over to, uh, I go over into Illinois, go up to uh, Morrow, Illinois, mm -hmm. uh, kind of up by Edwardsville, that wow. area. And then I go down to Freeburg. Freeburg. Yeah. And then um, you go out to Columbia at all? Or? I don't go to Columbia. I do go to um, Long Meadow. Long Meadow Ranch is a rescue ranch. Long Meadow Ranch. Um, and there's some, I've left there more than once crying. There's yeah. they've so many sad, you know, you'd see these emaciated horses that, you know, weigh 300 pounds. Man. You know, and they should weigh 800 pounds. And, and just being, they can't even stand up. They have to prop them up or they have to use slings. It's horrible. How many different species mm. have you adjusted? So here we go with the numbers questions. Okay. So I've adjusted... Um, lambs, goats, a chicken, a a, a single chicken. this many chickens, a, a this chicken. many chickens. So the, the 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 lady called the vet office and she said she had a show chicken. And so this is a this, show this, chicken, Doctor Faint. Sure, this is what I got. Like a Henrietta. This, this, yeah, this was the message, and I thought, oh, this is a prank phone call. Yeah. So <laughs> I I got on the phone and I'm playing along with the sure. whole thing, you know. Oh yeah, I know. yeah. Oh, it sounds beautiful. Oh, you got a Rhode Island red or something. Yeah, exactly. It, it was the chicken was beautiful actually, mm. <laughs> but when she was explaining it to me, I still thought it was a prank. So anyway, so I said, you come on in at this time. So she brings this chicken in. The the, the chicken's right uh, right huh. leg is up in the air. And I had already looked in the aviary book just in case this wasn't a prank. Sure. And there was only really two things other than neurological that would have 
cause an issue was the hip joint itself and the mm-hmm. sacroiliac joint. Sure, sure. And so I just took a gas and adjust, adjusted the SI joint. Drill that SI, the, sure. The leg shot, yeah, the <laughs> leg shot down. The chicken went, and the lady started crying, and I'm like, oh, my God. <laughs> <laughs> Can you imagine? You're walking in with your dog. You've never been in. You don't know what's going on. And then passing you in the hallway is this woman losing her mind at her show ticket. <laughs> And that's like Tuesday. Uh, yeah. Oh my God, that'd be the best. I mean, that would be the best environment, man. Oh. One of the saddest things I, I have to put this in there sure. because this just speaks to how cruel people can be to their animals. Mm-hmm. Um, this guy calls. He was from Edwardsville, and he was on his way to our clinic so I could look at his black lab, year old black lab. Mm-hmm. And so he brings this black lab in in a in a blanket, and. I could smell this just odd smell mm-hmm. when he brought the dog in. And uh, so we put the dog on one of the exam tables back in the lab area. So I'm taking the, I'm palpating it, and the dog's tail is wagging. The dog's just happy as can be. Right, and we're on a trip. So I, I open up the, the blanket, and the dog's spine is like this. Mm. I said, what happened to your dog? Got hit by a car. And I said, so what did your vet say? I know what a vet would have said. Yeah. The dog needs to be put to sleep. That's right. That dog laid in his barn for six weeks with that broken spine. And the dog was still wagging its tail and, you know, looking at you like he loved, you know, he loves humans. Oh, my gosh. How, how he could be like that, you know, unconditional love, I guess. Right. But I, I told the, the, the man, I said, listen, your dog needs to be put to sleep. You know, he was he was appalled, and I said, you know, I'm appalled. This is absolute cruelty to animals, and your dog needs to be put to sleep. What was his reason? I don't know, but he yeah, lied. I he, couldn't even hear him. At he, that point. Yeah, he 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 lied about taking that to the vet. Right, right. Because no vet would have let that out of there. No way, no way. And uh, so we put the dog to sleep. He wants to bring his other animals to see me. I said, I do not ever want to see you again. Yeah, man. You what know, the heck? you know, and, and I was. Ugh. Yeah. I was extremely agitated. That's wild, man. Okay, so so dogs, lambs, a chicken. A chicken. Goats, uh, goats. mule. Donkey. Yeah. Oh, mini donkeys. Many I have, I, donkeys. Mini donkeys. Oh, mini. M-I-N-I. Little bitty, little bitty. yes. How, how tall is a mini donkey? Just tall. I have to adjust them from my knees. Oh, so about 16 inches, 24 inches tall. Yeah, so, so I go down to a place in Sullivan to treat two horses. So I'm okay. I'm going down there, and they've got 13 mini donkeys. And she, after I treated the horses, she said, Doc, can you look at this one donkey? They have like a five-acre fenced-in area for the, for the mini donkeys. They take very good care of them. Huh? Well, this mini donkey was, was about to have a baby. The baby was born deceased. They were oh, going to no. use a block and tackle block to and pull tackle. this, this uh-huh. baby out. And when the, in doing so, they torqued its lower back and uh-huh. pelvis somehow the, don- the donkey could hardly walk oh, it man. walked but it, it it was really looked unhinged and so it wouldn't run around it wouldn't play it wouldn't do the things it normally did so anyway she said can you help the i, I said i don't know we have to look at it so we got it into like a, a smaller round pen and i got the, the donkey in a position where i could adjust it i could see that the sacroiliac joint was instead of setting square uh-huh. to the lumbar spine, it was cocked and down like this. Okay. So I had to adjust it up, up and, and forward. Up and back, yeah. yeah. 
And, and Would so, you grip the ASI? Yes. And, you, <laughs> yes. and, I, and awesome. I got, and I gripped over its yep. the croup area, right, the right. rump, and I just did it like that. And the thing made this god awful loud pop. And, and the donkey kind of stuck yeah. her neck way up in the air, and then she started kind of wiggling her butt. And that donkey ran out into the fenced-in area. Like slow motion. Oh, it was hilarious. <laughs> she took off like a bat out of hell. That is awesome. It was so Curious cool. Was yeah. yeah, right. <laughs> it was the coolest thing. Yeah, coolest man. Coolest thing. Man, I want to thank you so much for making time to come in. I know, obviously... You're the busiest guy in the world, and uh, I, I've been hearing about you for years, man. I'm not kidding. I, you're a pillar, and I am really grateful for, one, the work that you have done and the positive impact that you have made on people. Every, every person you've seen that, oh, that's a chiropractor. That's what they look like. You yeah. know, That is great, because for every one of you, maybe there's a couple that are like, you know, maybe they're not that great, and, right. you know, Dr. Fink, I have to go teepee them later or something like that, but... Everyone that meets call, you, call that's me, one less that we have to like educate. So, all right, there you have it, patience. We did what you wanted. Here is the podcast you've been dying to hear. Now we have to go back to our regular stuff. It's just going to be so sad. Uh, but we will do our best to have Dr. Certain on again. I, I can promise you that. So, for Dr. Terry Certain, for Kimberly, for Dr. Brad Maurer, for Dr. Matt Fink, I'm Dr. Fink, and we will talk to you in two weeks. Bye. And a big thank you goes out to Hug Monster Sound for somehow allowing the doctor's voices to sound even better than they already do.